This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Greetings, I am Barry. If you're searching for answers, spiritual help, clairvoyant readings, healings, crystals, books, incense, or jewellery, you need to go to Infinity, Hamilton Spiritual Centre, in the new premises at 550 Anglesey Street, or you can phone us on 838 1838. This is your link between this life and the next. Become the change the world needs today. Can you hear Greetings, I am Barry. This is the voice we're in for another week. This week we've got a completely different subject. Um, my friend in Australia, um, Jeff Shaw, who runs 88FM, um, interviewed a guy in England called Rory Duff, and he's an expert on ley lines. So it's a thing I've been interested in for a long time, and um, we do sell divining rods in, in the shop here at Infinity. Uh, it's a really long interview, so we're not going to have any breaks this time. So I'll get your tea, and we'll have a listen to Rory Duff. Thank you, Jeff. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good day, wherever you are in the world, or if you're listening to the replay, welcome. Um, on this beautiful sunny Thursday morning here in the UK, it's my pleasure to have Rory Duff um, on the show. Well, there's so many things I want to ask you, so... Um, I've heard, I've been guided to through different people um, get in touch with Rory Duff. He's you know he's written books. He does ley lines. He does dowsing. He does this. He does that. So here we are. So um, I've read some of your bio, and there's lots of little things I would like to ask you. So first of all, um, I would like to say welcome. And um, would you like to start off how your journey started? Um, what took you on the path? Um, I know you you've, you did gold mining in Africa and, you know, you've talked about synchronicity. So would you like to start from the very beginning of how your life has unfolded to where you are now? Wow. Um, well, <laughs> in a nutshell. <laughs> thank you very much for inviting me on to, to your show. It's much appreciated. Um, well, where did it all start? And... and um, this is actually it's made me stop and think a little bit about how we all start our lives. And I would invite people to, to look back at what their very first decision was in their lives that they made themselves as opposed to other people making it for them. And mine was at the age of 13. I was asked whether I wanted to study geology or history. And I guess that was a bit of a no-brainer for me, really. <laughs> but it was my decision. <laughs> and I, I started, started studying geology and, and then 
I just found that okay, the teacher was just incredibly enthusiastic, and that that enthusiasm inspired me to to learn, and learning became more easy. So I ended up going to the university in London to to study geology. Um, but it it it, uh, it was about decisions and how we make decisions, and, and and one of the most important things that I discovered not at that time, but later, was how we make a decision-making strategy. And what is our decision-making strategy to elicit the truth? And how does that change from the way we make decisions on what to eat and drink and things like that? Uh, and uh, so fairly early on, I was beginning to to look at, well, how do I navigate my way through life? What do I want to do? And what should I be doing? And, and, and um, it's very easy to get caught up with what other people want me to do. Uh, fortunately, I had a couple of things which really helped, and that was uh, synchronicity. Uh, yes, the synchronicity uh, and the intuition led me to to working in Africa in the gold mines, um, and and life was very different with the reality of living in, in you know and working seven thousand feet underground with death was all around you. Uh, I mean, literally, it, it was commonplace, and uh, you're in danger underground all the time. Um, there's a couple of occasions where if I'd been standing somewhere minutes earlier, uh, I would have, or minutes later, I, I would have actually been crushed. Uh, and um, that's the story most people can tell you when they work underground. Mm -hmm. And following from that, you, you end up realizing that you suppress your fears. And when you do suppress your emotions, because when you're young, you sort of think you can you can do everything. Uh, you actually you actually surface what surfaces elsewhere is is, is more sort of chaos. And, and for me, it, it started with chaotic living at, at up, up on the surface, to the extent that I was burning the candle at both ends, till I got to the point where I was about to break down. Had it not been for a pretty major synchronicity, where I was introduced to the work of Rudolf Steiner by two separate people on the same weekend. And the fortune, one of them had a whole library of Steiner books, which were probably the only Steiner books for about 500 miles around. <laughs> so so that, that kind of got me on, on, the, on the initial road, but then also there's a senior geologist on the mines uh, called me up and said, um, come Rory, we've got to look for water. And uh, I said, cool, fine. And, and I, the, the farmers locally used to ring us up to to try and find uh, water 30, 40 meters down because they have limestone and you need to find the, the channels of water there. And when we pulled up at this farm, he just opened the boot and pulled out these dowsing rods. And I'm thinking, yeah, what? <laughs> What's going on? And, and he said, oh, we know water's here, Rory. We just don't know exactly precisely where, but the rods will tell us. And so we did. We, we, we would douse for... for for water for these farmers and arrange for drill crew. And of course, that was the opening point where if you didn't get the dowsing right, you didn't hit the water. But what was quite shocking was that we always got the water. And we used to practice on the mine lawns with sprinkler systems and the pipes. You could actually douse for where the pipes or the water were that fed the, sped, fed the sprinkler systems. And then the feedback there was you press the dowsing rod down under the surface of the grass and you can feel the pipe. Wow. So, so dowsing and feedback, that loop, that learning loop became really interesting. And, of course, it opened my whole mind up to what earth is going on here. You know, I, I'm 
naturally far too curious in my life. And curiosity is is, is wonderful. Um, I found out later in dowsing, it kills dowsing. You have to ask the question, being curious, but then when you go into that sort of uh, mode of, of, of getting information back from your subconscious, you have to wipe out all curiosity. You have to increase massive uncertainty so you're not influencing the results. Mm. Dowsing became this incredible journey of, of discovery for me, and it led me to further synchronicities. Which are, it, it, so, so for me, decision-making, uh, following synchronicity, exploring that, and being massively curious started me off. Wow. <laughs> and you you obviously never done dousing before, didn't even know what dousing was. Um, I wouldn't say that I didn't know what dousing well. was. I think I, I sort of labelled it as, as, as one of these fringe things. I was sort of embedded within science. At the, and, and I was really fortunate to, to study geology back in the... Uh, Goodness, back in the, in the late seventies, uh, because it was a it was an emerging science back then, and we were we were already at the cutting e levels of research and, and trying to work out what was going on with with the, in the world of geology. So that that added to the sense of excitement when we looked at rocks and finding new minerals. Um, that was that was uh, absolutely fascinating. So so. Dowsing was just one of these things which were well, we don't know about that, and I haven't really considered it. And, and didn't do too much with it until I came back to the UK when I discovered Hamish Miller's uh, work on the St. Michael alignment and finding the Michael and Mary lines. And I'm thinking, well, I'm, I'm living, you know, not, not, not far from one of these lines. I was living down in Devon in, in near Exeter. And um, I, I literally went to the church at Crediton uh, or, or the Holy Cross Church there and spent an hour walking around this church, <laughs> just, just trying to, okay, well, they're supposed to be here. <laughs> what could I find? And after an hour, I was picking up both lines. I thought, well, this is cool. Then at the time I was doing Aikido, uh, learning about uh, human energies and, and how to use chi energy to, to essentially um, do some quite phenomenal feats within Aikido. And, and I wouldn't say that was good, but I was training with people who were phenomenally good at using chi. So I was then looking, well, what is this energy? Uh, in the early stages, I thought, well, it, it could be something to do with gravity. So I, I started off with that hypothesis that this was uh, this was uh, moving our gravitational fields and the Earth's gravitational fields, and, and um, just carried on exploring. And then I, I through synchronicity, uh, again, I came across a, a, a chap called Ron Pearson, who was the most amazing scientist you could ever come across. And, and as the synchronicity unfolded, I moved to Chippenham in, in Wiltshire, where, which was very close to where he lived. Uh, so I moved from Devon to Wiltshire, and we both had boxer dogs, and we, we spent 15 years together until he passed over. And I was helping him um, with his theories on the creation of the universe. Uh, he, had, he had it all, uh, but he was just, he was a really amazing engineering physicist. And he, he didn't like the Big Bang Theory, didn't like the relativity theory, uh, and, and set out to try and find the answer to the creation of the universe and uh, he did but he had this unfortunate side effect but you know, this this is a university lecturer from bath university uh, uh, in, in fluid dynamics and, 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 and thermodynamics and, and he was also he, he was a an inventor he was he was he invented the gas wave turbine and this this thing he, he, he put together from theory and he built it actually built this thing himself 
And it, when he started it up, it ran first time for 400 hours. It's quite unbelievable engineering feat to be able to take something from theory and put it into it. But anyway, this theory on the creation of the universe ended up having this rather unfortunate side effect for me. It explained how intelligence must have arisen that went on to create everything, like some sort of supercomputer at the subquantum level. So for 15 years, I was immersed in, in really challenging science and, and, and uh, realizing that relativity is just the most immense hoax that have been, that have been put on the human race because it d denies the background. It, it denies the existence of an intelligence. Uh, and, and we're beginning to find with the electric universe theory that uh, dark matter, you, you know, they spent billions trying to find dark matter and failed miserably. Over 50 or 60 papers this last year have shown they cannot find dark matter. Black holes are completely unfalsifiable. They are pseudoscience. And if we get rid of relativity theory and we realize actually there is intelligence behind the universe. We survive after death. And this changes everything. And if you think about uh, how we should progress forward, you know, it's only in the last few hundred years that we've been immersed in this science which says, no, when you're dead, you're dead. Your mind is nothing more than brain function. This is rubbish. Yeah. There's so much information that says otherwise. And now we have science that, that has a un, unbelievable science which, which connects up. He has a fully unified theory of quantum gravity. But the physicists won't accept it because it doesn't include it doesn't need relativity theory and and all the physicists which are uh, stuck with these establishments all their funding is dependent on big military organizations and governments who will not fund anything that, that actually stops the religion of relativity and and as soon as we get rid of that and then we accept that we have this intelligence behind the universe that went on to create everything and continually creates things. And that fits with so many of the old sayings and the old cultures and, and even um, with explaining things like healing and, and telepathy. All of that is, is completely natural and explained by this theory. And, of course, this theory was, uh, was massively uh, suppressed by physicists like Penrose and, and, and all that. But... It, it provides us, if you like, with this wonderful foundation with regards to what we do. And it begins to explain that this universal consciousness is connected to uh, very, very low vibrations. And, and this began to provide us with an answer of, of what these Earth energies were about and how, they, how they're formed. And, and what do you call that theory? Sorry, what was that theory called? Uh, well, the, the, it's... Uh, the, the, the big, big, big breed theory is, is, is replacing the Big Bang theory. Um, more information is on, on his website, uh, ronpearson.com. Um, he has passed over now, but uh, he's written six books, which I helped him write, which start from the beginners all the way up to uh, really deep, deep science with mathematics. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, and my role is in many ways to promote his work. This most amazing, gentle, humble man uh, who reached his 90s. And um, I was blessed to share so much time with him, just helping him understand him. And he, he introduced me to uh, so many other things. He, he, he was asked to, to, to join circles. Uh, where, where, and we, we sat in circle together with some amazing mediums. Um, he was continually being asked to look at free energy devices. So I was, I was immersed in the world of, of understanding how this was possible because his theory explained that. 
uh, and again, another reason why relativity theory was, was heavily pushed and promoted was because Tesla had, had discovered how to tap into the free energy in the universe, uh, which would have meant uh, independent energy uh, could be used for, for everything, for, for lighting the world, as Tesla has described he could do. And um, of course, that didn't sit with uh, people like Jake. <laughs> No, uh, and, and uh, it was all about some small group of selfish parasites wanting to own the world. And, and um, this is this is the game we're all in right now. But, but the mm. the other side of it is this awakening. Where, well, actually, um, well, for me, it was uh, following synchronicity. And, and I guess if there's anything I would suggest is if we could all do that. We, we, we follow this sort of vocational path and, and, and synchronicity. This is essentially you, you get two bits of information from separate sources which are related at a, at a time in your life when you need it. It's like this is how you can be sure this is guidance for you fulfilling your role in life. And if many more people started thinking, well, that's actually I need to work on synchronicity just to be guided by that. Well, we the world will be traveling in the direction we need to be traveling. And, and uh, it's an incredibly exciting experience because I mean, when it strikes, it just blows your mind. And and, um, and it's not just physical things. We connect up in the dream world. And we're in a dream group that I'm with. We end up having dreams between us and then events during the morning even now, which are connected causally. And that is now giving us a collective direction as to where we're going and what we should be doing. So, and, and this matches absolutely Steiner's uh, prediction of moving from an individual consciousness to group consciousness. And this is the awakening, moving from the fifth epoch to the sixth epoch. So we're, we're looking at uh, one of the, the books I wrote was uh, uh, called Grail Bound. And I'll to mention how I got onto the, to the Grail subject, because that was a bit of a, a <laughs> it came out, a bit of a curve, curveball that came out. But uh, that there's this universal prophecy that, that uh, we get snippets from cultures and, and different people from around the world, ancient and modern, that are saying the same thing, that we're in this cyclic, uh, this great 12,000-year cycle where, where the energetic environment changes. And that changes in our minds. It, 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 it mutates ourselves, and, and, and it's, it's, it changes the way we view the world and how we, we interact with each other. And it's happening right now. And what, what brought me to this was was just wondering what, what on earth are these energy lines doing? Because they're changing. Mm. And, and that's probably the time to get back to the energies because, you know, being curious when I moved to, to Chippenham and Wiltshire, it was much nearer to, to Avery. And so I thought, well, that's cool. I can, I can do some dowsing around the Avery complex. And, and um, there was a particular energy line that was mentioned at the end of the Sun and the Serpent, the book by, uh, by Hamish, which uh, it wasn't one of them. It wasn't the Michael Mary, but it was another short one that came out from the center of the circle there. So I thought I'd just set out and look for that. And the journey just continued. And I found lines going everywhere. And then I, I had a breakthrough point where there was a line passing right next to my house. And every morning at eight o'clock, I would take the dog out for a walk. And I noticed that the edge of this line was never quite in the same place. And so I thought, well, okay, well, I'll do is I'll, I'll put a, 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 a tape measure in a datum in, in the lawn, run it across the road. And, and every morning, I would measure precisely the, the distance from datum where the edge of this energy line was. And, and 
it, it soon spread to, well, I have to measure the other side at the same time. And what I found was this, this energy line had, had a sort of pulsation. It would widen and, and contract and widen. So I did this for about three months. And I thought, well, I I've got to do it more than just eight, eight o'clock every morning. So I ended up doing it uh, every hour. So I was up at night, <laughs> going at two o'clock and three o'clock and four o'clock. And I began to see that this line had a slow movement one way and then a slow movement the other way. And there's a slide there, I think, that shows this side-to-side uh, -side movement, which I thought this is incredible. And no one had discovered this side-to-side -side movement of these energy lines before. And it was can I, yeah, can I stop you there? Because that was one of the things I wanted to ask you, because they say, like in Australia, they call them song lines. Yeah. Here is ley lines, um, and then you've got dragon lines. And so I was... From my point of view, I mean, I've been on many ley lines in, in different places. Um, how do you how do you know where a line starts and finishes, and um, you know the difference between dragon lines and ley lines? Because I don't really know. You know, I know of them and I've worked on them, but I don't really know what the differences are. And you know, like you're explaining now, how you're measuring them. Is that how you started to measure? exactly where they are like through doing a dousing using a rod and you would get the the feel of that where it stops or was it intuitively you knew it's where it stopped um okay there's there's a few questions in there so i need to yeah there is <laughs> but they're all linked <laughs> yeah the, the, the terminology we all use uh soon became obvious to me back then that, that we needed to, to to unify the terminology so we could actually talk to each other about what we were finding uh and that's one of the reasons which led to the the, the book the classification of uh, ley lines and earth energies and nodes which uh showed you about but the, the, essentially um if, if i start with the terminology a, a ley line is a pretty straight alignment it's also called a lay now, the lay was the, 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 the straight track, which Alfred Watkins uh, talked about, it was a, which is five or six points like uh, stone circles, or standing stones, hills, tumuli, uh, churches that are all in a straight line across the map. And, and that's a little alignment. That's a lay, sometimes called a lay line. All those are the same thing. To be a true lay, lay line or alignment, you have to have a pair of earth energy lines running along that alignment. Okay. So if you're looking at uh, the, the St. Michael alignment that, that uh, 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 Hamish uh, tracked uh, across the UK, uh, that has the St. Michael energy line and the St. Mary energy line running along it and crisscrossing it over again. So these earth energy lines curve and cross together and curve and cross together. And, and, but the alignment itself is just a straight alignment. So um, when you're talking about... Uh, for instance, the, the, the rainbow uh, serpent that crosses uh, Australia, that has a, a pair of Earth energy lines that run along that alignment. Okay, so um, if you're talking about a song line, that is another line, uh, another, another name for the alignment. If you're talking about the serpent's lines or, or the dragon lines, these are the same as uh, the alignments, but each alignment has a pair of Earth energy lines. And what I was discovering is that these energy lines have different groups with different frequencies. And I, I, I separated them out uh, with the fact that 
for instance, the type four energy lines, which I call them, they're, they're the Michael and Mary lines, if you like, they, they have a movement of 12 hours going one way, 12 hours going the other way. So it's, technically it's got like a 24 hour frequency, which, which you actually would measure it down in the form of microhertz, which is you know, something like uh, in the region of eight or nine microhertz. It's incredibly slow movement. But it's not the slowest movement in, in, in the universe. I mean, the, the sun uh, uh, puts out uh, uh, there's a study called helioseismology, which actually measures the, the, the vibrations of the sun. And these are even slower than, than these waves that we're measuring side-to-side uh, -side movement. But, um, so when, you, when it comes to tracking these lines, I was tracking the Earth energy lines not, that ran along the alignment. Uh, and initially, I just thought, well, do what any geologist does is map them and uh, I, I i'm very fortunate that i find it very easy to know where i am and where i'm going i i, I don't use sat nav i don't need to i just I just i just know where things are so mapping is in, in two dimensions by the way was incredibly easy i had to map three-dimensionally underground and think three-dimensionally with regards to fault systems and reefs and where it all was so I spent six years actually mapping the northern part of Wiltshire to find out uh, where these lines were and what they were doing. And that's when I begin to, to, to study the characteristics and, uh, and, and realize that they have groupings of different frequencies. And then, um, then, it, then it became obvious I needed to study several of them over a longer period of time. And I've noticed that these, these lines Another feature of the different frequencies, the, the lines within a group of frequencies, like say the type three lines, they would all suddenly move exactly in sync. And then the type three lines would all go to one side uh, and then back the other side, and they would reach the end of the range of movement at precisely the same time. And that would happen in harmony for two days for every roughly every eight or eight or nine days, they would come into harmony for two days. I'm thinking, what on earth is going on here? And then another group would have a different harmony period over a longer time. But then the real eye-opener was four times a year, every single one of these energy lines all started moving exactly in harmony for about three quarters of a day. And that, wow. was, that, was, the, that was the day before the solstices and the equinoxes. And I'm thinking, well, that really doesn't make any sense. Why the day before the solstice and equinoxes? I mean, the, the, the special days was always the whole solstice and equinoxes. So this was just massively strange. Um, and at that stage, uh, I, I measured these lines on, when I was walking my dog every morning. I, I measured 12 lines for 18 months uh, where their wow. positions were. Uh, and begun to understand the, the differences in their movements. Um, and at that point, uh, another another bit of a, a bit of synchronicity struck with uh, regards to uh, Ron and a friend of his, a French medium called Brigitte Ricks, uh, sent uh, both Ron and I details from what she'd been reading from a book called Seth Speaks, from, uh, written by Jane Roberts, which was a uh, sold seven million copies back in, in, in the seventies. It was a she was uh, channeling this. Uh, uh, this character called Seth and receiving information about the true nature of reality. And uh, uh, at that point, it was like um, 
she was explaining things called absolute coordinate points, what Seth was explaining. And I was reading what, what Brigitte had sent us, and, and, and this was just thinking, oh, my goodness, she's describing nodes, these incredible nodes. But she was saying there was only four of these. Or the, 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 Seth was saying only four of these absolute coordinate points, the places of extreme power all around the world. I'm thinking, okay, well, if they're nodes, what's doing this? And at, at that point when... Uh, I have a very good friend in, who used to live in Devon called Carol Everett, who is just this is the most amazing healer. In fact, she's probably one of the few wor world's uh, scientifically tested healers. She was flown to Denki University in Japan, where she was uh, tested by a chap called uh, Professor Yoshi, Yoshi, uh, um, Professor Yoshi, I think her name was. And, and um, he had her wired up to an EEG machine. She was, she was, uh, I had a patient just been introduced to her, and this patient was just diagnosed that morning, and, and there was a thermal imagery scan on the patient, and, and she was flown three and a half thousand miles to just test her medical intuitive abilities. And within seconds, it's like, well, she has a tumor in her ovary, and you could see it on the thermal imagery scan, which, which Carol couldn't see. This is a red red color area there, and and. The professor said, oh, we've just flown you all this way, way and we've hardly got any data at all from, from your brainwaves. And she said, no, I can get rid of it. And at the distance of two, two meters all the time, so there's no, nothing close. And, and, and Fuji TV actually has the live footage of doing this, um, but they won't release it, <laughs> funnily enough. And in seven minutes, you can see the, the, the reddish area on the thermal imagery scan go back to a normal background blue color. So she got rid of this tumor, live TV, wired up, and... and uh, and you can see that her brain waves are on the left hand side of her brain. She's completely shut down. It's just the right brain that's working. Uh, and so lovely, lovely lady, amazing healer. And she she, she was living in Devon right on top of this uh, uh, St. Mary line, naturally near Crediton. And that's where her clinic was. And I, I, I was there several times with her and, and doused the line. And, and anyway, so when she moved to Spain, uh, about the time I was getting this information from Seth via my Brigitte and Ron, uh, she was telling me that she was um, she'd found this place up in the mountains with unbelievable energy. And I'm thinking, yeah, but you were on the you were on the Michael the Mary line, and you're telling me <laughs> there's more than, than than energy than that. And she says it's off the scale, and then she, she's sensitive to these things. So I began to think, okay, well, maybe there's, there's something bigger and more powerful than these type four Michael and Mary lines. And, um, and that then uh, another friend of mine connected with me uh, called Monique, and he runs a healing practice in, in Kerala. And Monique, I mean, I, I took him to, to Avery for the first time, and, and um, he, he's one of these people who can see these energies. And there aren't many of them, but, but goodness me, he could see when the vortices would pop up and then drop, drop away again. Um, and he, he told me about, uh, about Kailash and when he was, went there and the energies around Mount Kailash. So I started, well, okay, if there's, if there's four great places of power, uh, four absolute coordinate points, wh where are they? And, and that led to the discovery of three emperor dragons that went around the world. And where you have three emperor dragons, which these are type five energy lines, where they crossed over were in six places, but two of them were in the oceans. Uh, one of them was Mount Kailash. Uh, one of them was in Spain, um, and then there was uh, there was there was one in New Zealand, 
and, and there was one in, in the Pacific, um, which I won't go into now. But uh, uh, at, at, at that point, we, I, I had a, something rather strange thing. I had a, had a, a thing called a, what I call a snake dream, <laughs> and the snake dream because all, all this, all I'd been doing up to now, I was just doing my own research. I was, I was working for a, as, a, as a training. Someone who did trading and communications as, as a coach for a large large corporation. I was, I was coaching people and, and things like that. So I've done a change from geology, but uh, um, it allowed me to to drive and, and take a different routes on the way home each each day to, to complete my mapping project to find out where these lines were. But the snake, so it was all my own research. I, I was working with a friend called Keith, and that was really important. Where we actually would check each other's work and, and he would check my dowsing and I would check his dowsing. So it's a sort of double blind way of, 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 of progressing uh, forward and learning of what these lines were about. But the, the snake dream um, kind of like told me it's time to sort of talk about it. And at that same time, I was given this sort of message and, and, and you know, these things happen that I had to go to Spain to, to repair these, these, this, these emperor dragons, but I couldn't do it on my own. Um, and I had to find group of people to go with uh, so that was a bit strange um, <laughs> since, since I was given also within two months I had to do it uh, at that point the, the, the universe seemed to take over and I did a talk in Glastonbury at the positive living group down there and, and uh, I asked I said I need help to do something in Europe but I can't tell you where and three three wonderful people came up to me afterwards and one person said, I, I, I feel I'm supposed to be working with you. I, I, it's something to, that being to do with an anchor, but I don't know what that means. And I knew immediately what it was because of what the energy work we had to do. And then one person said, I, I, I think I know it's in Spain. I can see an antenna there. And then he, he, he joined the group. And then this little lovely man said, uh, I think we've got the money for us. We, we, well, I, can, I can get this uh, all together. And we were on the plane literally three weeks later. And, and the, the rest of that journey you can read in the book Grail, Grail Bound. Again, it was about the universe. But that, that took us to, to, to this incredible place in Mothia, Mothia in, in southeast of Spain, where we, we, having completed this amazing journey, where we were literally pawns in the hands of the universe. We were sort of puppet, represent, puppet representatives of planet Earth. <laughs> but but, we, but uh, at that point, we were then introduced again the others are waking up with crazy things like saying well we've got to be here at a certain time and um, and we would go there and someone would pop out and say certain things like um, oh well um, I, I'm, I'm scared to come here I need to show you something and, and we were taken to this incredibly old ancient Bronze Age site uh, and, and that led to discovering about this place called La Bastida, which was uh, around 5,000 years old. Uh, it was uh, the Argaric nation there. They'd built this huge city. It was, the, it was the largest mainland Bronze Age city in Europe. And it was on a small hill in the middle of nowhere, not on a trade route, not near water. It wasn't the highest mountain around. And the archaeologists were just baffled. And it had huge fortifications around it. Uh, and they and, and they found the the items there matched uh, similar things found on the other side of the Mediterranean on, on the eastern Mediterranean. So the, the the people had travelled and migrated all this way to this tiny place inland uh, in, in southeast Spain now, 
and it was connected to where this node was. And um, it was that point when we started tracking the energy lines backwards, and, they went, and one, one pair went north up through Spain and France and, and that. So my mapping is just now been mapping these energy lines. Um, but that then led us to this incredible connection with the Knights Templar. We found so many of these uh, Knights Templar places of prayer, both large and small, like like uh, Chartres Cathedral, Rocamadour, Monson, uh, and they were on these energy line intersections, on the really big energy line intersections. In fact, even, even just recently, I mean, it's quite unbelievable. There's, there's a lady that came to our, 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 uh, our gathering in Oliver's Castle just last autumn for the, the, the autumn equinox harmony, um, and um, she just went back to Spain and said, is there anything near me uh, that I can meditate over here? And I just had a quick look on the map and I saw this intersection, but I knew it was there, but I hadn't really investigated it. So I started zooming in to see if there was anything there which we could go to. And up pops this ruins of an old monastery right where the intersection is. And I started digging in and hardly anyone knows about this monastery. And yet it's, it, it, was, it was a 13th century Cistercian monk monastery. Now the Cistercian monk Bernard of Sinclair but Bernard of Clairvaux actually was one of the founding members of the Templars. And, and um, <laughs> said before it was a Cistercian monastery, it was, it was a place where the Templars used to pray and meditate. Uh, and it was again on one of these intersections. And this is hardly known about. Um, but, but back then we found out this, this connection to another incredible place called Caravaca de la Cruz uh, uh, and the, and the, the sanctuary, sanctuary there, which is on the top of the hill. And again, this was an old yeah. Templar uh, chapel and um, from there on I mean we, we found this this window there which had been blocked up and it had these all these crazy esoteric symbols around it with this meaning that no one had ever discovered or, or translated properly before and it was on this really big intersection of energy lines and um, so that led to the connection with, with finding a church chapel in France and my Holy Grail documentary uh, which has nearly got half a million hits, which is nice. Talks about the, these three places, the, the Bronze Age city, the, the, the Templar window with all its enigmatic symbols, and then this church in Monson in the south of France, which has got a ceiling, which is like 40, 50 foot up in this, this small Templar chapel, which is just the most incredible experience. I've sent people there, and they've come away completely shocked at the energy and, and the sound of the singing it. And on the ceiling of this chapel are all these really deep esoteric Templar symbols. And, 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 and at the time, nobody knew about this, really. No one had even looked at it. But I, just, I looked at these symbols, and they, well, they're node shapes. They're changing energies around a node. So these people knew about these energies. Um, so that, that, that led off to the connection with the Templars. And um, so you can see the, the, the curiosity growing all the time. And... Uh, at, at that point, um, you asked about the emperor dragons, and I think the most mm. significant thing about that was uh, when, when we monitor these things, we notice these energies and their frequencies changing over time. Uh, um, but in 2017, everything changed. Um, one, one person, Tim, who came to Spain with me, to me and said, uh, have you seen what's going on with the lines? And I'm saying, what? He said, go and check them. And so I, I looked and I thought, oh my God, they're twice as wide. 
all the lines were twice as wide as they were before. So I sent a message out to several people I know and said, can you check the lines and confirm what you find? And we're getting messages, what's going on? What's happening? And um, so uh, that then kicked off uh, the next harmony period we had tended to ended up being um, a bit longer than, than three quarters of a day. It became a day and a half, and then it became three days, and then it became six days. So this length of harmony, when all the lines four times a year were moving side to by side, that was that was getting short. That was getting longer, and we're now at twelve days long. This harmony period is now twelve days long, and it, it's probably December twenty-four when we're going to have full all year round harmony. Um, with, I mean, its energy lines will all be one frequency. So instead of having all the different groups, we're just going to have one fundamental frequency. So if we kind of have to look back now, well, what's generating this frequency? What, why, why are these vibrations coming to the surface? Uh, and what are they? And what's making them? And um, but that that story again could be read in Grail Bound, but uh, essentially. Uh, the, the most logical thing was it had to be coming from the center of the earth. And if vibrations were coming from the center of the earth, the only thing we could think of that was doing it was the inner core, which was solid, that was sitting inside the liquid outer core. And the iron and nickel in the inner core is a fantastically good transducer. Uh, they're used in microphones and speakers, and, it, and a transducer converts one form of energy to another. So it'll take electromagnetic energy from the outer core uh, and convert it to uh, very, very low frequency vibrations. And, and these spherical vibrations will expand outwards and, and, and they'll bounce off uh, all the different density contrasts within the Earth. And, and of course, with the expansion and contraction in the inner core, you're getting these spherical waves, bubbles going out to the surface. And when, when you've got uh, vibrations, you have uh, high pressure and low pressure fronts. And I know it's like underground because you, it, when you're working underground, uh, we, we have uh, basically mining is not is not easy. And there are parts of the time when you, you get what we call bumps. Bumps are like small earthquakes, mine-induced quakes. And you can be underground and get a bump and you can hear it coming like a steam train. The sound travels through the rock and it gets louder and louder and louder. When you're standing there, you just look upwards just to say, oh, I better check nothing's going to fall on me. And then it goes away, comes through, everything shakes and it goes away. So this is the big longitudinal waves that, that travel through rock. So we know these vibrations will travel through rock and, and you can hear them at the audible range. Um, and that's the pressure front. But when you've got these spherical standing waves, the high pressure zones are, form linear features on the Earth, on the Earth's surface. And I think that's what we're picking up when we dow is we're picking up the, the, the linear concentrations of the high pressure zones. And uh, so when, when you've got two lines like this and they're moving apart like that and back again, it's, it's mirroring the expansion and contraction of the inner core. Uh, and they don't move all the same side like this and that. It, 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 and of course, just like a, a, a loudspeaker, it can play various frequencies and sounds. The inner core is, is playing lots of frequencies. But the interesting thing about the inner core acting as a transducer is the iron is also an incredibly good mechanical filter. And a, and a mechanical filter filters out 
some some frequencies. In other words, you won't get the full range of sound. It'll just give you what we call eigenmodes, peaks of frequencies in a certain range, and then nothing, and then peaks of frequencies in another range. And this, this is what we were finding with the Earth energies. You'd get you'd get them at 24 hours, 36 hours, 48 hour frequencies, and you get them at 12 hours and 16 hours. But you've got none at 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, or 22 hours. There are no energy mass frequencies that like that at all. Uh, and and these eigenmodes. At, down at the microhertz level, these fundamental base frequencies were pumping now because at the higher harmonics of these, the octaves and the Pythagorean fifths, you, you're into the audible range. Uh, and this is why when we sing or resin or make, uh, make uh, sounds with our, our, our musical instruments, uh, and when we hit the precise higher harmonic of the fundamental from, from the, the center of the earth, and we, and we sing or chant, that creates resonance with that fundamental frequency. And, that, and when, when you get that, you, take, you get this incredible uplifting feeling of everything vibrating. Um, and of course, the, the, the sound that people were seeking, uh, because that, that's the sort of sound that sort of opened all the doors, if you like, to, to the connections to the other worlds of spirit, which we can now accept as completely understandable and realistic because <laughs> Ron Pearson's theory explains how intelligence comes behind the universe. And, and when you start looking at what Tesla says and other scientists that like him are saying that everything is vibration and, and vibration forms light and light forms matter. So the, the ultimate uh, uh, the ultimate of everything, and even down at the subquantum level, Ron's subquantum level is it's all waves of vibration that generate uh, these particles on the, on the higher quantum level. Uh, and I won't go down into the science there, but uh, of course, if you now think of vibration as not just vibration, but as the connection to the universal consciousness itself. So the, 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 when you connect and, 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 re and, and in resonance with your, your, your body and the sound, that's directly contact, connecting with the, the universal consciousness as well, which is this is the spiritual enlightenment the Templars have discovered. Uh, this is why uh, the healers uh, and, and they, they knew about manifestation, they knew about uh, all these things, and this is this is the secret. This is you have to get onto these en these energy line centers at the right times, and the Templars knew this. This is why they had their their, their cathedrals orientated towards the solstices, like uh, uh, directions of solstice, and, that, and, and that their special days were connected to the solar days. And and, uh, and and this was the ancient pagan religions, which are the the new religions have sought to try and uh, overcome and stifle and suppress over these years, because they don't want you discovering that we're in a we are spiritual beings living a, a, a physical existence, and, and, that, and the route to connection is this through our inner spirituality. And that's actually really very simple to do if we just come together in groups mm. and, and meditate and pray on, on, on the appropriate time. Can I, can I butt in there? Sure. <laughs> Honestly, you've got so much wisdom and knowledge uh, to do with ley lines, song lines, grid points and um, all of that. But I've often taken my gong on land in Australia. Um, we've done ceremony and, and drumming and all sorts of things. Have you ever measured before and after on a, a song line or a, a ley line um, how it would have changed it in any way? You know, because I know there are parts of the earth that are in need of more light, should I say, that are, you know, you can, you can walk in places, I know, because straight away I think, oh, you know, you just don't like the feel. So I know there are places that need cleansing and, and things like that. So 
so have you ever measured anything from people doing, you know, because like we've all been to Stonehenge doing ceremony in Avebury and Glastonbury and, you know, changing frequencies and vibrations. Yeah, you, you, you can measure the, uh, the extent of the, the energy field before and afterwards. It's, it's subjective, really. You need to, to be able to do this with your double blind. Yeah, we do have an effect, but uh, let's not get carried away here. We, we're insignificant little um, mm. insects in this spiritual world, and our effect is, is next to nothing when you look at it. And, and as Jung, Jung tells us, uh, and I came across Jung, that was just an amazing synchronicity as well, but uh, he tells us we're tools of the numinous. You know, uh, and not the other way around. So, you know, the order is over there, not here. And um, we're very much the servant, and need to need to, need to be the servant, and to, and, and to think that way. And you, you're very kind to say about the knowledge and the wisdom, but I'm just an accumulation of everybody else's work, which is what happens. Mm-hmm. And, and increasingly, we need to get out of the way of that if we want to connect. Um, and, and, and I, I, I won't go down into. And I, I've started these group discussion groups where we study Steiner and and, uh, and, and Jung's Red Book images, and, and it's just immense what these people have done. Goethe, they they, they are, are giants in, in our world, which are just not being studied properly. But when you when you do get bring people together, well, I, well, I would actually mention this as a way forward. This again, I next talked about individual consciousness going to group consciousness. You know, we had a period of time where ego was important to explore, but now in group consciousness, you know, this is, we're already beginning to, to recognize the power of working in groups. And when we, when we, we start realizing each, each person has a part to play. And, and the really interesting thing about groups is that you need different people. You need unique identity and, and respecting each other's identity. Uh, the last thing you want to do is get a group of similar people thinking the same way who are very because the group doesn't work. So the, the, the but when you do get a group that works, when you've got all different people, probably you wouldn't people would socially mix with normally. They're, they're, everyone's a bit weird, you know, in some ways. But that's what makes it work. You overcome that, and suddenly you get different perspectives on things. You get it's like they can tap into the subconscious in different ways from you. So when you look at a, an image you know, of, of Jung's images, you can get that wonderful connection with the subconscious and creative ideas and inspiration. But when you do that collectively, you get a three-dimensional perspective of insights from, from the subconscious. And if you're looking for guidance, and if we're looking for edging our way forward, it's now almost definitely quizzes to do with groups, forming dream groups, meditation groups, and, and looking to connect up to, to share what's learned. Because when we start doing that, we're, we're, we're beginning to have huge influence of, of, over of people's lives and directions and um, in, in a really positive way. It's changing people's lives. And I think that's what's needed right now. We need, we need something to, 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 to get around and gather around so that uh, people realize that it, the insignificance of, of what life is really all about. And that it is not that it's just when you're dead, you're dead. You know, we're in huge life cycles of, 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 of again and again and again where we're learning developing and growing and that's the purpose in fact it's the one thing about life that's common to all life and that's growth so the purpose of life is growth both physically mentally and spiritually and once you begin to realize that you think whoa okay do i want to come back and do all this again or do i want to evolve and, and, and carry on and then this takes you to the cathars and their view of, of becoming a and of course jung was just massively into the cathars and he was very much changed over his life from being orthodox christian to to the to, to more gnostic christianity and, and, and um, but 
But that's a, that's a subject which is just completely glossed over by the mainstream now, which is trying to plug gaps all over the place at the moment as, as, as people are seeking out uh, knowledge and wisdom elsewhere from, from, from their particular sources. But um, coming back to the uh, what's going on now uh, and, and the Emperor Dragons in 2017, not only did we discover these these lines were widening and that how many times were, were extending, um, there was a bit of a shock when we realized that uh, um, another Emperor Dragon had arrived on Earth. Uh, and um, we needed to look at, well, how can that happen? And I talked earlier about the energies source being derived from the outer core and the natural electromagnetism of the Earth. But we also have the sun's energies and uh, they're getting to the Earth. In particular, it's cosmic energy. With, and, and when cosmic energy hits the Earth in the atmosphere, it changes to neutrinos and gamma rays. Uh, and gamma, gamma ray radiation is causing huge problems in the world at the moment. People, but we're not discussing that because the sort of problems you get are lung inflammation from radiation. That's why Brazil's having such bad problems with lung inflammation at the moment, lung problems. Uh, but the neutrinos go straight through and impart energy to the inner core. And that adds to the energy that has expanded. Uh, and, and one of the reasons why, why we get the type four lines is they're connected to the sun. But the emperor dragons seem to come from um, more galactic sources. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where it becomes really quite interesting is because if, if you imagine we've had like three suns uh, giving us three emperor dragons, three galactic sources, um, but we can't see those suns that they're too far away, but that their cosmic energies giving us neutrinos and, and, and it's being projected in these, in these vibrations on the surface which are showing up with what we call the emperor dragons. But what, what's happening right now, and this is, again, it's something really needs to be pushed out a bit more, is that our Earth's magnetic field is dropping off. It's really, I mean, it's, it's 5% per year is decreasing. And, and this Earth's magnetic field is being driven downwards, if you like, because of the proximity of the solar system to something called the galactic current sheet which we, we now know we pass through roughly every 12,000 years. And when that happens, this galactic currency, which is a mixture of dust, cosmic energy, and plasma, and in the middle of the plasma, there's this uh, uh, reversal zone of positive and negative. And, and this drives uh, pretty much everything uh, that we, we come across with the, how it affects the sun and how it affects the Earth. Uh, and as a geologist, we've, we've known that... Um, the polar reversals, magnetic reversals, roughly every two or three hundred thousand years on the Earth. And you can do that by, by measuring paleomagnetism and, and, and the way the uh, ferromagnetic uh, minerals cool. They're, they'll cool in a position uh, which is orientated towards where the North Pole is. When you do an analysis of rocks, you can see that sometimes these minerals point towards the North Pole, sometimes they point towards the South Pole, which indicates we're going through these magnetic reversals. Um, and, and, and when that happens, it, it, there's a lot of things that go on, but it, to, for it to happen, the magnetic field drops. And we can take our signs from how it happens from, from the sun. The sun has a, a magnetic field, north, north Pole and the South Pole, and that switches every, every 11 years on the sun. The North Pole and the sun and the South Pole actually start coming together on the one side. As the, as the field drops, it, it comes together. And as it comes together, the North Pole, the other one pops up the other side, and then the reversal continues around, which way is my thing? Uh, 
<laughs> and, and it's the same on the Earth. The field's dropping rapidly. I mean, the, the South Magnetic Pole has left Antarctica. I mean, I just couldn't believe I heard that. Why isn't, <laughs> why isn't this world news? You know, and then, but but the, the magnetic fields which shield us from cosmic energy. So we're getting so much more cosmic energy through. And it's the same thing in space with the interstellar magnetic fields in space. It shields us from cosmic energy from these galactic centers. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you haven't got these magnetic fields, cosmic energy gets through. This is why we get suddenly another energy line pops up at Drampel Dragon, because suddenly this, this cosmic energy is getting through to us and being converted to neutrinos. And we had this one which in 2017, uh, November, December came along, which we ran from the North Pole to the South Pole, which absolutely matched the, the prophecy of the twins in the Hopi Indian uh, 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 Blue Star Katrina prophecy. And that was uh, the, the, when the twins arrived, uh, the god of uh, the North Pole, uh, Palangahoya, uh, and South Pole, Poganhoya, uh, seven years from that will be the point where uh, there'll be the, the start of the purification. Um, and I won't go into the prophecy bit, but it seemed to match the the the, the uh, and, and the, the god of the North Pole was, or the South Pole was the god of the god of sound, would you believe as well? Um, <laughs> but uh, then after that one arrived, another one arrived, and then and then lastly um, in 2018, the, the, the sixth emperor dragon arrived. So we now have six emperor dragons, six sources of energy now getting through, and it's 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 increased the energies massively in the world and, and there's groups of us who are busily now um, have been working to, to to connect up these these grids with the other grids and when I'm talking about uh, connecting up grids and you mentioned about uh, cleaning sites and cleansing sites with sound I mean that's a huge huge area which is we couldn't do it justice in two hours but what we discovered with regards to nodes were if you want these energy shapes to work in, uh, uh, as they should, you need symmetry, you need balance, which is what nature tells us anyway, in so many ways. And, and when you've got, uh, when you've got equal numbers of these earth energy lines crossing over in one point, um, you end up with what's called a, a cylinder of energy. And this cylinder of energy goes up into the air and down into the ground. Uh, and only when you have a cylindrical cylinder, or pretty much cylindrical, all the little vortices that occur inside they will combine, just like in water, and, and you'll find a whirlpool, or, or, and just like now you'll find a tornado. You need a containment field for these vortices to become bigger and larger. And as soon as you've got a big enough vortex within the containment field, uh, at the harmony times, it collapses into a double torus. And that double torus is, 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 is now something we see mirrored in life in the universe at the higher level and the small level, and, uh, because that is the shape where it, it, they're the portals, they're the gates where you can connect to, uh, they have some phenomenal features that uh, Tauruses do. Um, essentially, when we hit one vibration, December 24, uh, we're going to have a double Taurus field for every node, every node all around the world. And, and that point is the start of our learning process. It's like the gates are fully formed, the energy is there. When we go there regularly, we will have accelerated learning into group mm -hmm. So, so from that point on, I mean, it's getting exciting now, but um, from that point on, we're going to be, uh, uh, for instance, we're beginning to sense the telepathy more easily. We're becoming more intuitive. We're, 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 we're um, 
empathy is increasing. And, and empathy, by the way, is a big problem in the world for the leaders at the moment because uh, <laughs> we, we, we can feel lies. And, and feeling lies is, is uh, <laughs> makes it even easier to know we're being lied to. So, um, so this is. I just want to break in. I just want to break in now. Hey, uh, <laughs> just interesting about the magnetic field because I was looking at the fact that when you have a, the face of the engine, when you take out the um, radiator, you'll see a harmonic balancer. And it's almost like <clears throat> if you get the top of the planet and you look down on it and you can see how the major plates of Australia, Africa and South America has been spinning out and it's created a triangulated spot on the Southern Hemisphere. Now, those three continents all deal in iron ore. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And when you start looking at Western Australia, which is just pumping out 250,000 tonnes of iron ore, that has a magnetic field resonance for the southern part of the hemisphere, and it gets shipped up into the northern hemisphere to Japan and Korea and China. There must be an, a, a change in the actual magnetic field because you've got all this iron ore that's calibrated to the southern hemisphere going up to the northern hemisphere. It's almost like you get two magnets coming together, north and south, and they get this attraction. Is it possible? that that's creating a shift in both the north and south poles? I, I, to be honest, I don't think it's going to be a big enough effect. It will have an effect, but it's a question of how big an effect that is. I think, I think the, when, when you start to look at the, the, the galactic nature of the, the power from the plasma, uh, uh, and, and this is to do with the electric universe theory, our, our, our environment is... is is really controlled and dominated not by Earth, not even by the sun, but by the galactic center. And, 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 and that space weather, if you like, is what the driving drives the changes on our Earth more than anything and bigger than anything we can possibly do ourselves. So, yes, it will have a small effect locally um, and, 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 and the people living local to that will, will, will quite possibly notice it um, in a variety of ways, depending on how sensitive they are. But, but from, from the point of view of uh, us trying to change uh, the magnetic field that's really going on, the big shift that's going on, um, I, I don't think I don't think um, we're going to be able to to do that in anything we do. Fact, well, I've noticed that every time I've, I've flown up in the northern hemisphere, if I fly Australia through the Middle East and go to the UK, I can arrive at seven o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning. I can go through the whole day without any jet lag, yeah? But if I come the opposite from UK to Australia, coming through the Middle East, man, it bulks me up for about a week because I'm going counter-cycle to the spin of the bloody planet. Does that have an effect on our own magnetic fields that we, we have within ourselves? I mean, birds and other animals do have a magnetic field resonance for navigation, you know, just looking how it actually affects my body. I, I think there's certainly something in, in this. As soon as you take yourself out of what you're used to doing, out of what you've, you've evolved to be able to do in a living, uh, uh, and that is partly to do with the, the, the possibly traveling in, in, in a particular direction around the world um, and against time, you, you, you certainly are going to throw, throw your internal clock out, your internal uh, mechanisms mm -hmm. for it. So, yeah, absolutely. 
and, and also with regards to locally where you live and where you're used to, you, you'll, you'll be connecting to those energies. And if you're suddenly thrust into completely different energies and you're not ready for it, uh, um, especially when you're tired, that'll affect you as well. Um, Which then leads on to the to your food source, isn't it? So if you're actually getting your food from the earth, whether it's from the, under the ground or above the ground, or you're reaching up for it from a tree, then obviously there's a, a magnetic field or an energy field or Taurus, as you mentioned, it's a f effect on that, so that you become one with that particular. Um... What, what, what we have to be careful of, really careful of, is is falling for the illusion that matter is real. Uh, and what I mean by that is, uh, you know, if you start looking at, at anything that we're standing on or sitting on or anything like that, what we eat, this is just a collection of molecules of atoms and electrons and particles. But when you dig down into look at what a particle is. It's nothing but energy. And this energy, from, from what perspective, the current science doesn't explain where this energy comes from at all. But Ron's, Ron's theory suggests that below the quantum level, there's just one final sub-quantum level where everything is created through this intelligence. And it directs its waves, its vibrations, to peak. And where they peak, just like two, two, two waves will hit each other, they'll peak. It'll produce the illusion of a matter particle on a quantum level. And it can produce several different quantum worlds all within the same space, but on different frequencies. So you've got, you've got essentially several quantum worlds all existing on different frequencies in exactly the same area. But it's all an illusion. It's all energy. It's only mm -hmm. our minds that tune into the, the particular matter frequency world that we're in that makes us think that we're living in a physical solid world. So it, that even stems down to electromagnetism which ultimately is light, and, and light is generated, as we know, by vibration. So, and, and, uh, so we, we can very easily get trapped into thinking that, that uh, the things like electromagnetism uh, are real, when really they're just nothing more than symbols of signs of change. And, and what's changing now is the way our minds tune into all these different worlds, and this veil of illusion is coming down, and we're going to be seeing all these worlds soon. And it's going to be quite shocking. And some people are already seeing this because that tuning element in, in our mind uh, will be expanded massively to be able to be sensitive and aware to all these different frequencies mm -hmm. because all the frequencies are becoming one frequency. So for us to think that the, the driving forces are, are electromagnetism and, and light and, and, and uh, other, other physical forces, we're going to be finding the true nature of reality is really very different. And, and our ability to, 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 to do things will be changed. And you only have to look back at the past and see, uh, you know, how, how the, the, some of these people, in our ancestors built, uh, for instance, these 100-ton these, uh, boulder walls, which are perfectly polygonal masonry, which fit perfectly together, and, and, and they have this sort of molding look to it as well. It, it, and this is found in, in, in Peru. It's found in, we find polygonal uh, and, and very well good put together masonry in Egypt, in Greece, in, in, in Italy, in, in Japan, and all around the world. Our ancients had abilities and techniques which we, we, we still can't explain today. And yet, how? When we're constrained with with matter being solid and heavy, and we can't do anything with it, and we, we have a limited capacity with our minds to be able to think and and, and, and adapt and, and work with these things, I think we'll find that uh, it won't be long before 
these new skills and abilities which are latent right now uh, will, will be uh, on the rise again. So to, to answer your questions, yes, there's, there's all those sort of possibilities, but I think there's something bigger at play now. So let's come back to your dowsing. I mean, were you using um, a tree row or you were, were you using uh, metal rods or you using um, wooden yeah, rods? Yeah, good question, good question, because it really has nothing to do with the rods. In fact, I tell people to, to say the rod is going to be your crutch. Mm. I mean, you, you, could, you, you just, it's, it, it is between a connection between your conscious mind and your subconscious mind. It's about... How do you connect the two up? How do you get information back? And, and, and there's, there's a friend of mine who's a dream detective who, who, uh, who has symbols that he's preset so that he knows if he dreams certain symbols, his subconscious mind can give him the information back through his dreams with those symbols. And that's why he can, he can dream where he's going to be going the next day, where he's going to see him the next day. And he's, he's worked for MI5, MI6, and, and American Intelligence Services because he's incredibly accurate. And he's, he's been tested at the University of Arizona. Chris Robinson's his name. But anyway... We're creating the same symbols with our rods. Straightforward is yes, or is no, sorry, then across the chest is, 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 is yes, and that's no, yes. So it's a simple yes, no. You can use a pendulum and, and, and get different movements to mean yes and no. And some people will be clockwise for yes, and sometimes it'll be clockwise for no. But it's how we, we, we program our minds to, to get this information back. So we can use a, a stick. And a stick which will, will, will spring upwards will be our yes, or it will not do it. That'll be our, our no. You can use uh, a pendulum. You can use a rod. I just use one, one coat hanger. Um, but uh, you can use your fingers like this. You can move your fingers like that. Where you have slightly extra pressure and they stick, that's your yes. Okay, so it, it's, it's about building up the symbolism so your subconscious can give you the information back. That you're asking for what you, you hope to ask, you know. So you, you, there's, there's important things about uh, moving from focus state to aware state. So you, you ask your question in a focus state, then you get out of your head, lose your ego, create the uncertainty. Just just ask to get some sort of truth rather than the answer to your question, and and then and then the big thing is you have to, to not care. And, mm. and and so you set up the way you connect with your subconscious mind through your dancing, and, and, and from the point of view of water. And earth energies, what you're doing is you're asking to, for your subconscious uh, to connect your energy field with the energy field that you're looking for. Maybe it's water, maybe it's oil, maybe it's gold uh, or, or a particular frequency of earth energies. Now, you know that the water frequency has a vibrational field, it has an electromagnetic field, it has a gravitational field. This collective field 30 feet below the surface will be felt by your own collective field, your gravitational field, electromagnetic field, and your, and your vibratory field. So you know like waves interact. We can't see them, but all you have to do is like, well, just show me if I'm interacting with the water, or any water underneath me. Mm. And, you, and you then you get out of the way and the answer for, for be yes or no, if you've programmed yourself to the frequency of that water in the first place. So what, what you're getting is, is, is uh, and by the way, that's why water and earth energies are, are are much easier to douse because our bodies have uh, water and, and energy and, and it's easier for us to connect to the subconscious to give us information like that. Uh, so it, it doesn't matter what you use. And, and, and in fact, I, I, I took a group of shamans from America uh, around Bath where I, I run dowsing courses and uh, they chucked their rods away after, well, they didn't they gave them back to me. <laughs> they, chucked, they didn't need them after an hour and a half because what we've done is we associated the feeling of a particular frequency of energy line with an area in their body and they gave it a color. So they could turn their bodies on, and when they walked into an energy line, they would get a color and a feeling in a particular part. So they knew they were in, in a certain 
frequency of energy. Yeah, because you are the pendulum, aren't you? When you're in tune, you you know, you just know, you can feel. But I was going to ask, um, we went to Flinders Rangers um, in South Australia or um, to grid point 44. So that's apparently where all the lines meet in one point. Is that correct? Well, the, the, the first thing is you, you couldn't get all the lines meeting in one point. There's just so many energy lines. Mm -hmm. and, and I, when, mm -hmm. when we talk about the rarest lines, the type five lines, you've got two pairs already that run across uh, Australia. Uh, and um, you, you might have to put that slide up because the, the, there's uh, the rainbow, the rainbow serpent that runs across, and then there's another one that runs across pretty much below uh, Darwin up to the top of Queensland. And where they cross is uh, the well-known Uluru. Um, mm. And that that last that last one, which from Darwin, uh, not Darwin from Britain, yeah, Darwin, I mean, Perth, sorry, from Perth up to uh, just below Perth. Up to, up to Queensland. That that that's one that re reappeared. Uh, in, in one of the three that reappeared in the last few years. Uh, and and uh, that big ceremony that they had uh, January last year um, was connecting up those emperor dragons um, at Asaluru. There was the wisdom keepers there did that. Did that. Um, but the the less rare lines are the type four lines. Um, there are about fourteen pairs of lines in the UK to give you an example of that. But then you've got the type three lines, which are much more numerous. And the type two and type one lines, again, a lot more of them. So you're, you're talking about a huge number of smaller lines. I call smaller because they're narrower widths and, and they have slightly higher frequencies. Um, so there's, there's there's no one place where you'll have all the lines. For instance, at Alru, you, you're gonna have, you know, probably a hundred pairs of lines all crossing over there. But but that that's mirrored in, in uh, seven or eight other places around the world, on land anyway. Uh, so that, I call those first order nodes. Um, so if, if, you, if you've got a place like Flinders, and I don't know that very well, they'll almost certainly be very, very powerful energy lines there, the type four lines probably. Um, um, and uh, the question more important is, is whether or not there's the right configuration of lines at a particular point, because we haven't got mm -hmm. symmetry, we're not gonna get the energy formations. And, and having said that, there's a particular, there's one or two types of frequencies of lines which don't sit very well with some humans. They, they, they can be quite jarring. It's like hearing a, a, the nails being drawn across a blackboard. It's a sound which is horrible. And, and living across those for a long period of time aren't very nice. And, and, and that, that's, that's a, an issue because we, we found that certain groups of more devious, um, pernicious people tend to like working with those frequencies. And we mm. have to work exactly with that. So um, I don't know if that answers your question. But. Yeah. So there, obviously in your books, there's a lot more information because <clears throat> I, I haven't read any of your books. I only came across you um, since I've been back in the UK. Um, and people, you know, when I said I was looking for people that are like yourself, dreaming the new dream and, and, and enlightening humanity, um, so yeah, so I would I would like to get your books and have a read through. So that would be a good starting point for people to have more of awareness of um, ley lines, dragon lines, and all sorts of things like that, and where where places are to go and be, you know, because like you can sit in some some places and the energy, you, you know, it's just you know I've gone to so many places. Oh my god you just feel such a sense of peace in different places. And it's like, you don't want to move. You're just totally at one in, in that energy. 
and, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that that last part. I mean, at the moment, I'm, I'm beginning to get a, a website, a new website for uh, enabling people to to find where these special places are near to where they are. Um, and then it, it'll be an interactive website where people can form groups for meditations at these local sites. It'll 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 have because it's been it takes a long time to find all these sites. Um, mm. But there's going to be a place where you can go to, and eventually, more and more information will be added to it, so you'll know where to go to find these places, and people will be able to help do that. Um, but, but thank you for mentioning the books. Um, on my website, RoryDuff.com, there's also plenty of uh, information, which is for free. There's videos, there's uh, PDF downloads. I, I, I do a post every every week on, on social media sites, um, and and there's newsletters. There's newsletters on my on my website past newsletters which will keep you going for months yeah it yeah. actually comes to the point actually and this is we're talking about dreaming the new dream you know it's like going into a library like new york library and there's like thousands and thousands of books and you ask well which one should i read how do you decide what to do next you can't read them all you literally can't so you know it isn't about just reading all my books. It's not going to be, you know, that's 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 not what you should be doing. You should be guided through synchronicity mm. to to think, ah, that's what I need to do next. Mm. Uh, and, and 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 after a while, when you meditate at these, meditate, you understand that you can manifest pretty much anything you want. It doesn't mean you say you should. So all you're left with is, well, if I'm supposed to be learning, and my one fundamental reason for life is to learn, develop, and grow. But how can I do that best? And more for one point, how do I help others do that? And then they say, well, just just show me the synchronicity and help me explore it. Because as mm -hmm. soon as you start doing that, you're guided down into just a phenomenal world where everything starts helping you. You're going with the flow and, and, and people come into your life with information which is relevant and timely and, and, and other people, things will pop up. Um, it's just mind-blowing. I mean... <laughs> and the symbolism, how I discovered, I mean, I've known, known about Jung's work for, for some time. I never studied it. But when I, when I, when I suddenly came across his, his images in his red book and, and saw the connection with geobiology, and that's what I'm studying now, geobiology, which is how life affects, how the earth affects life, sorry. And, and, and that's literally how the earth is resonating and, and changing its resonance and how it's affecting us in, in, in a variety of different ways. And Jung, Jung is just, uh, he's, he's found ways of tapping into the subconscious. And, and he was a prophet. He, was, he knew he was a prophet. He said it, it nearly made him go mad, but he hadn't realized he was a prophet. He wouldn't have actually gone on to doing the rest of his studies and, and, and developed his psychoanalysis work. But he also predicted a snippet of this universal prophecy. Like Goethe did with his with his uh, the, the fairy tale, and, and the green snake uh, 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 crossing the, between the land of the senses and the land of the spirit. There's the snippets of this universal property everywhere, and and this is the thing which drives him more than anything else. Is because we have this potential evolution of consciousness sitting there, which we can we can get onto. All we need to do is, is to come together at sacred sites local to us and meditate in groups. And connect with these energies. Let the energies guide us. The the, the Gnostic Gospels talk about the, the the Garden of Eden story in a completely different way. The the, the the serpent isn't evil. 
The serpent is synonymous and, and, and a symbol for these earth energy lines. The serpent was known as the instructor, the teacher around the tree of knowledge. Uh, and, and it was the instructing principle. There's a male and female instructing principle that come up through you and connect the Kundalini forces that connect with the earth energies and, and, and the energies from the sun. And when we do that, we're getting all this information coming through. Right. Yeah. There, while you're, um, I'm going to put in there, one of our listeners, Andrew, and I keep seeing he, he, he puts comments up, but um, I can't take on board all the comments. So perhaps Jeff like to, I know there's a couple questions that you'd asked or mentioned if um, perhaps you could share that. Hey, one of the earth, um the ancient pyramids crack or manipulate the, um, the ley lines, and are the dolmens, which you find up in Russia and that, um, are they also um, on the ley lines as well? Yeah, uh, let's take the pyramids. Uh, the pyramids at Giza, they're on a fourth order node. There are, are two pairs of type four lines uh, crossing over there along with lots of others. The, the pyramids themselves don't manipulate the lines. Uh, the, the main function of the pyramid is to anchor the node in place so that people can conduct ceremonies on the node inside the chambers. Uh, and they weren't uh, um, chambers for burials, but for, for Egyptian uh, uh, pharaohs. They were very much uh, chambers for incubation, incubatory journeys uh, to these other worlds. Um, the pyramid's main function was to keep that uh, energy node where it was. Uh, and manipulating energies is, is very simple. You, 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 you just commit atrocities and sacrifices uh, on them. Uh, and the extreme negative emotion will main, make the lines move away. Just by the, what you find in, in, in places like Chichen Itza in Mexico, they, 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 the new dominating power with their new religions would, would, would uh, break down the pre-existing pagan religions by creating sacrifices on top of these pyramids. And that depowered the area massively because suddenly you don't have the symmetry of the energies and you have a tic-tac-toe crossing as opposed to a point where all the energies come together to create a cylinder of energy. And if you haven't got the cylinder of energy, you haven't got the Taurus, you haven't got the Taurus, you haven't got the connection to the other side or, or, or clear connection. So the, the, the pyramids were very, very powerful places. And, but, but the place itself, funnily enough, is not the only function of power. It's just the connection with people. You need people and places. Conscious and conscious interaction, interaction at these sites that's what creates the fire. You have the most powerful site in the world, but if no one goes there, it does not do too much. Well, you can have a small, wonderful type four, type one vortex, beautiful, delicate energies, very often connected with small chapels and, and, and divine feminine. You get people regularly meditating there, praying there, and they can blossom out, make a huge difference over the area. And I know that's subjective. I can't, I can't, I can't measure it, but we do know. Um, there's anecdotal evidence, for instance, that a, a, a group of people in, in the UK back in the 80s did, did some work in Brighton and worked at the fountain in Brighton and uh, cleansed the energies or worked on the energies or meditated on the energies there. And, and there, there are good police records to show afterwards that crime dropped significantly in that area. And that was a fountain project. So we, we can make a big difference, definitely. Um, so th th that was the pyramids. So energies can be manipulated, but they're by us and human interaction, not not the actual pyramids as well. And there may be other functions in the pyramids. But uh, and the other one about dolmens, 
um, tend to be uh, uh, several functions with dolmens. Again, they can anchor lines in certain ways. They can they can keep them from moving away. But they are also way stones to show where lines are heading. Um, one of the things we found is uh, there's a big connection with pilgrimages around the world to ancient sites. Uh, if you take Camino Way uh, that goes to Santiago de Compostela, which is one of the, the top five Christian sites in the world. Uh, three of them are in Spain, by the way, and one of them was that word, Caravaca de la Cruz, which hardly anyone knows about. But uh, there were many lines, energy lines, going to the node at, at Santiago de Compostela, and the pilgrims would walk the lines. The ancient Celts would migrate along these straight lines. And... And, and, and in Santiago de Compostela, they, they, they have this scallop-shaped shell as a sign. If you look at a scallop shell, it's like a, a, a half circle with these ribbed lines coming across to the umber in the middle. And those ribs of the, of the scallop shell actually are signifying the different energy lines as they come towards the center. And if you look at places like Avery, they, they will be following uh, dolmens. That's their route, uh, and all the tribes would come together probably once every four years or four times every year, I don't know. They would all come to congregate at their sacred site, and they would follow the lines in a sort of pilgrimage. Mm. So dolmens, I think, are, 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 can be used inside a sacred site, but they can use, be used, and I often find when I'm tracking them, you'll find a, a lone stone uh, in the middle of nowhere that, that the line will run through. Mm. Amazing. Gosh, so much. I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> you know, you've got no, no, but you've got such a flow of information that, that I'm happy just to sit and listen. But, <laughs> but obviously, yeah, no, but thank you for sharing. It's been um, amazing. Yeah, I've loved listening and understanding more. And, you know, what I loved, you mentioned about synchronicity. And I know for me lately, synchronicity has been happening and happening and I think when you recognize it oh that's synchronous it happens more and more and when you've got that awareness then it's just like you're on that treadmill then of things opening up more and more I, I, I do need to mention about synchronicity though and it is connected with this path of learning and development this the cathar route of trying to become a better person it, it you know, there's a, it, it can be called the grail path, the vocational path, and, and, and Jung calls it the path of individuation. It's, it's the birthing of the divine child within, within you. But this is, this is all, all a path which is not just all bed and roses. They're going to lead you to challenges on purpose uh, because that's the way they, they develop and change you and, 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 and get around your weaknesses or, your, uh, or, your, or, or, or the areas you need to be improved upon, if you like, in, in this development. Um, and, and I have... Can't really go into it now, but I think that mankind is going on its own collective journey, mm. and we're, we're, we are being subjected to the same sort of uh, abyss, pure, uh, darkness, the the gap between the worlds, if you like, where we're being tested so that we can become better and, and more prepared, if you like, for what we're about to go through, which mm. is this amazing transformation. Um, so it's a difficult path. I mean, uh, yeah, Jung said yeah. the path of individuation, individuation is the hardest path you could ever choose in life. But there are a few who are awakening now, who are choosing now to take that hard path because they know that's the right route. That ultimately means we can help everybody else. So we don't need everybody. We don't need everybody at all. We just need 1% of, of, of the world to... And we're already doing this. We're already, there's 1% of the world who are regularly meditating and praying, wanting world peace, wanting the world to become better. But the, the, for me, the key is to do it at the right time in the right place. 
that's getting people to these these symmetrical sacred sites uh, and embracing the change uh, and and yeah being guided by, by what comes through from the subconscious the numinous well there you go how interesting was that i um they, they, they say there's one in New Zealand somewhere. I, I did douse the Kaimanawa wall, and there's a great big portal in one, one part of the wall when I was down there with Gary Cook. I'm Barry, it's been the voice within. Kakite, shalom, namaste, masalam. May your God go with you. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.